chapter 12. We have a lot of announcements, but that means there's a lot going on. So that's good news, right? Here you go. If you're not, if you haven't been going to stuff, I encourage you to go, by the way. Uh, everyone who, who's a part of this kind of stuff, they just, there's growth, right? Being around each other, that's, it's a huge thing. So um, maybe you're like, well, I don't really care that much about pasta. It's not just about pasta, although it is about pasta. Um, it's about so much more than that and the sliders and the, all that kind of stuff. So um, great opportunities and, and the floral workshop just to be together and grow together. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're jumping back into 1 Corinthians. Um, and this morning we're going to be talking about a bit of a confusing, often confused, often um, misunderstood uh, part of Christianity, which is spiritual gifts. Um, the way there's usually extremes that kind of go both sides on spiritual gifts. Uh, some believe that if you're not exercising every single one of these, then are you even really a Christian? And some believe that if you are exercising these, are you really a Christian? So uh, we're, we're going to be able to kind of look at it and see the purpose, the point, and um, how God is glorified in it. I'm super stoked because I was very blessed by doing the studying for this. Let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, thank you so much for uh, each person here and... Um, we pray that you would just speak to us this morning by your word, through your word, by your spirit, Lord, to our hearts. God, that we, we would ask that there would uh, be evidence of this right here, this Holy Spirit moving in this place, words of knowledge and wisdom and, you know, ministering happening, God, in this place here this morning, and that hearts would be touched, hearts would be changed. And that we pray that you would just go before us and, um, God, that you'd fill us and lead us and guide us and correct us and whatever it is we need, that you, we would just meet with you here this morning and we would leave changed. So we praise you and, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Paul says to the church of Corinth, again, quick background, Corinth, uh, he's just been dealing with major issues. They have been, they found themselves like mixed up in a bunch of messed up stuff, even messed up to today's standards, right? Kind of stuff. Uh, And now he's going to address spiritual gifts. And if we look back in the earlier chapters, we see they actually are exercising these gifts, but just because it's happening doesn't mean that there isn't a place for growth and, and uh, being challenged. And so that's kind of what he's saying here. Verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Well, why would you say that? Except for if maybe you are. Right? I don't want you to be ignorant about this matter. There's a couple things we actually see Paul say this about. Don't be ignorant about... Spiritual gifts right here. Um, Another one is don't be ignorant about God's plan for Israel. Another one is don't be ignorant about the second coming of Jesus. And what's interesting is those are all things that divide the church and we're all a little bit confused about, right? So he's like, "I, I, I understand that this is a little complicated, but don't be ignorant about this. Basically, don't just ignore it, right? Because sometimes when things get too complicated, you go, I'm cutting you out of my life. 
This is, this is too much for me to handle. This is too much for me to like deal with. You're just going to, I'm just going to put you over here and, and let it go. And I really believe that has been the case actually with all three of these things. People don't know what to do with them, right? God's plan for Israel. How does this all work out? What, what does the future look like, you know, in that way? And the second coming of Jesus, you know, well, they believed it would happen in their lifetime. And how exactly does this all play out? And did it happen in 80, is it going to happen in 88? Did it already happen? Where are we right now? Or, you know, all these different kind of questions. And spiritual gifts is right along with that. So uh, it's important for us, though, though these things can confuse and divide, to understand it in its proper context. The way we do that, we go to the Word. We go to the Bible. This is, this is the standard, and it's to speak for itself, right? And Paul gives us some really good insights to help us not be ignorant, to help us to, to grow and to learn and to uh, mature in these ways. Verse 2, he says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols however you were led. So if you tell your kids not to say dumb, you can't anymore because it's in the Bible. Don't, don't say dumb. Paul said dumb, you know. We, all, we love that kind of stuff, right? Oh, uh, he said it. I can say it. It's good. But dumb idols, really what he's saying is, is you got to understand that you Gentiles come from a certain place and mindset and you guys were all about your idols. And so your understanding of things might not be perfect. You, you understand like the way we're brought up, it changes the way we perceive things, right? Our experiences can shift the way we understand things and especially in the way of spiritual gifts. I remember, uh, we're going to talk about all of them. One of them was, I was very nervous about, because I was, um, grew up very conservative as far as my parents were like Dutch reformed, like, you know, what is a spiritual gift? I don't know. Um, one of my best friends, his church, they were like speaking in tongues and swinging off the chandeliers. Right. And so I remember going to it. He said, Hey, you spending the night and I'm spending the night. And all of a sudden I realized I messed up and I spent the night on a Saturday. And so the next day was Sunday. And that means you have to go to church with him. Right. You always think about this when you're a kid, real, I'm a real godly man. Right. You know, we would know that certain people's houses, if you spent the night at their house, their parents would say, yeah, you could spend the night. Yeah. You can eat my food, but you are coming to church tomorrow with us. And so, you know, it all seemed good. And we were playing basketball until you woke up in the morning and realized I was going to go to a church where people speak in tongues freely. And I was terrified. Like there was going to be a demonic presence and they're all going to start yelling at me and I'm going to start speaking in tongues and I'll lose control of myself. And what's going to end up happening? And I'll be on the chandelier. And what if I fall? I could break my back. You know, who knows? And that's why I said, dude, I'll hang out in your church. But as soon as they speak in tongues, I'm sprinting out. I'm gone, man. I'm out of here. Well, we just didn't even make it very long, and we ended up going to Del Taco down the street and never even saw it happen. But I, 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 there was a lot of things that, about that that was just kind of freaked me out. And, and a lot of this stuff, it, it's so easy to, to uh, become, like, not supernatural, but superstitious about stuff and, and to make things different than they really are. So he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant, and I also want you to understand that you guys – have been deceived before. <laughs> you have been wrong before. And some of the things that you have believed need to be changed. How many of us have experienced that, right? Where the things that you thought needed to be changed so that you could grow. 
And they were like staples in your mind. No, no, no. That's the way it is. Maybe it's even a pronunciation of a word, you know, and somebody else says it different. And you're like, no, that's not right. That's not how you say that word. You know, like what's the name of the street? The next off ramp past uh, Palomar airport road going South. What is it? Is it poinsettia or is it poinsettia? I don't know. You could start a war over it. I, I've been told, no, it's called poinsettia. But I remember the song, Percy the Puny Poinsettia. Wasn't poinsettia, right? You remember the Christmas song? Anyway. Uh, but th- these are things that you go, no, 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 no. That is not how you pronounce that word. And believe me, I know. It's all the way you're brought up in a sense can, can affect what is reality? Now, obviously, there is a right way and a wrong way. But Paul's trying to let them know that you guys might not see this quite right. Maybe if you especially were involved in, like, the New Age movement, your perceptions of spirituality could be off, right? And maybe you're brought up in a very staunch, religious, like, heavy home. Your perceptions could be off one way or the other, right? fact of the matter is we all are like this, right? That's why we keep going back to the word. Does it not cleanse you? Does it not change you? Does it not like it, it affect you? The, the Bible reading plan, we're now through like four months of it, basically, right? We are, right? And, it, and is there anybody in here who's done that hasn't been changed by it? Right? I mean, not like you're like, oh, oh uh, um, yeah, change. I wasn't saved, I guess, before. No, you were saved, right? Probably, but God's word has had a work in your life and you're reading and you're like, oh, this is so good. Like the depths of this, is, it's challenging and it's growing and shaping and molding. And, and God's speaking to you about not just the text, but what that means for your life. So we always got to be open to like, God, show us. We are easily tricked. We are easily deceived. Jesus' disciples were deceived. Peter, post-Pentecost, had gotten himself deceived again. It's easy to happen. It's easy to have it happen. We can be deceived. So he uses that kind of as a context. He says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is, is that the Holy Spirit in its proper use and in, in, in doing what he will do, this is a good test is that he will testify and glorify the living Christ. The Holy Spirit will point you to Jesus. Jesus points to the Father. This all works together, right? So the Holy Spirit will always point you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts is to edify the body, to build up the body. So if we decide this Holy Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts thing, too messy, then we're missing out on the body being built up. So that's all of us, right? It's like you neglect a certain part of the body and it will affect you, right? You say, oh, my back's kind of messed up. Um, I'm just going to just work my back. That's the issue. A lot of times when there's an issue with your back, what is the main issue, Dr. David? Lots of things, right? But like usually a core is a big thing to strengthen, right? You say, all right, you've been doing this too much. Superman's, man. Get the, the core strong, right? So you, the thing you're like, well, sit-ups, no way. Uh, Superman, no. Abs are so painful, right? Is there anything worse to work out than uh, anyway? It's painful. It hurts. And it's, but there's so many reasons why you should not neglect it because it affects everything around you. When you're injured, it affects everything around you. 
And when you're down and you're missing something and you're, you're, you're missing nutrients and you're missing this, this opportunities to, to be built up, you're going to miss out. Jesus in John 16, he tells his disciples, like, I'm going away. I'm leaving you guys. And it's, I'm going to go. And they're so bummed out about it. But he's saying, like, listen, it's better that I go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. In verse 7, he actually picks up in chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he, he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin. Because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit will convict people and point them to Jesus. In verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not seek or not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will declare, uh, he will glorify me For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All the things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit will declare and glorify, uh, declare the things of God and glorify Jesus. And Jesus said, it's better that I'm not with you so that he can be with you and move in you. So what does it look like for the Holy Spirit to move in spiritual gifts? Verse 4, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. This is just as essential for us to understand as it was for the first century church of Corinth. It's just as important for us to understand that we need this just as much as they needed this. And God's going to do something. And the way to, the other thing that is important for us to understand is how God does it. And the way God does it is in ways that are different than the way that we would do it, right? He makes it very diverse. And when, there, when there's diversity or when there's differences, there is opportunities for both growth and conflict, Right? <laughs> That's the fruit is out on the limb, right? It's like it's out there. And there's opportunities for struggle. And those struggles can be a blessing or they can be a curse depending on how you approach them. So he says there's diversity of gifts but the same spirit. There are, first of all, there's different people. If you haven't noticed, people are different and they think differently than you. And isn't it annoying? They're so wrong and you're so right. You know, isn't it hard to deal with that? Like being the smartest person in the world and then having to deal with the rest of the inferior human race. Right. Of course, I'm joking because you are just as weird as you think other people are. I'm sorry. It's just these are facts because I know a lot of you. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm that guy, right? You guys are like, yeah, no, we know. And we see you out there yelling into your glove during the softball game when we're giving up 15 runs in one inning and losing it yet again in the fourth or fifth inning. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're growing, aren't we? Yes. There's opportunities for growth right there. But we have a tendency, we're going to see there's a lot of different ministries. And in, in the gifts of the Spirit, it's kind of broken up into two parts. There's like the, the gifts as far as offices of ministry, like pastor, evangelist, you know, prophet. These are 
these are different parts where it's broken up. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. These are different parts where they're giftings, right? And we know they're giftings. Like an evangelist is an evangelist. You will know if you are or you aren't, right? That's just, that's all there is to it. If you're not an evangelist, it's pretty obvious. Like when you, when you don't want to talk to people and you don't want to bring anything up with them and you struggle through that. But an evangelist, if you meet a true evangelist, they will say, come out with me. Let's go evangelize. And you're like, no, I, I don't want to do that. Right? And no, no, it's super easy. And, and then you're like, okay, fine. I'll go. And you go with them. And it is not super easy for you. Is it? I speak from experience. I've tried very many times to be a public evangelist. I am not good at it. Right? I, I just like, I've, I've said this before when I, I get super awkward when I've bring something up. So, Hey, what's going on? Is this how humans stand? You know, um, I just want to talk to you about Jesus, you know? Um, okay. Bye. You know, and it's, it's kind of weird, but there's people who can go out there and say, Hey, cool book. What you reading? And they start talking to them. And all of a sudden they're like, this guy wants to get saved. Is that cool? And you're like, um, yes, that is There's opportunities. This is a gift. But the people who are evangelists are like, you need to be an evangelist. People who are teachers, right? Guys who love diving in deep into the scriptures. They're like, if you don't understand Greek, you don't know God at all. Whoa. (laughs) That's a little much, right? But that's because of who they are, right? And we, you know, even there's things that you would think aren't spiritual, but like gifts of helps. Man, people who can support and come alongside are unbelievably useful, like, and helpful and a huge blessing to the body. And it might not be an upfront, like, get your name on the flyer sort of a thing, but it's a huge blessing, right? Jim, I'm finally going to use it. Jim's always setting me up with water and I'm like, never use it today. That's good. Thanks. It's held well. Um. Yeah. So there's different people. We are all different. There's different gifts. Everybody has a different gift, whether it's an office or a manifestation in the sense of, um, we'll talk about it in a second, like a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all of these different things, different people, different gifts, different ministries, different activities. Cause it, all of them are lined up here, but it's the same God working in all of them. And there's a bit of, uh, a humility that comes with recognizing that you aren't the only piece of the puzzle and you need each other and that they, even though you don't see it like them are valid and God is using them to do something different. So you don't want to squelch that. But at the same time, the, that evangelist that gets you to go out and evangelize with him, that is a good thing because we need to be stretched, especially those who don't like doing that sort of a thing. The idea of going door to door and handing out things was not on my radar, but this is something God has put in our life. And, and we were sitting there in a board meeting, right? Dr. David, they said, outreach, outreach, outreach. And I'm like, all right, Lord, how can we do outreach? Mexico. Boom. Let's do that. Oh, by the way, do you guys want like $15,000 worth of free stuff to go and give out to your whole neighborhood or, I mean, your whole community around you? And uh, you don't have to pay for anything except for the flyers. Uh, yes, let's do that. But this is to be stretched is a good thing, but to expect everyone to be exactly like you, that's not good, right? We can recognize, and we'll talk more about that next week about the, the differences of different parts of the body, different ways people work in ministry and how good that is. But 
Different diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation, verse 7, of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the manifestation, which is like the, the spirit being made known and seen very visibly, this would be gifts, right? Because it doesn't mean the spirit's not moving without gifts being, that's kind of a, one of the things people get a little confused on, right? If there's no speaking in tongues, if there's no prophetic word, then the spirit's not active in, no, he is still working in us, right? And it might be just on the inside, but when it's manifest, when it's brought out to all, the, the point is that it's a prophet for the whole church, Like the idea of spiritual gifts is it's to edify the whole body. It's to build up the whole body and the result, that's what the results should be. Verse eight, he says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. First of all, how are these gifts manifested? Because there's different ways that we can look at and we go, Holy Spirit, like gifting. I don't think this has ever happened to me because I don't remember ever having an out-of-body experience where all of a sudden God took over and he used me. And then all of a sudden I came back in and I'm like, where am I? You know, what what happened here? Who said that? Did God say something? Because I feel like I blacked out for 30 minutes. That's not the way it works, right? And so if you've ever been used in this way, what's interesting is you might find out you absolutely have been, which would be really encouraging, right? When you find out the way you've been used, it's, it's a lot more natural than you think it is, how God uses you. And it starts with a willingness to say, God, here, use me in the way you want to use me for the edification, for the growth, for the building up of the body in a natural, supernatural way. Verse eight, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit word of wisdom. It's like, it's a word of, uh, that's fitting a fitting word that would confound the wise and the wisdom of the age. It's, it's by the wisdom of God. It is think Jesus, right? So we're, we have the spirit that was in him. Every time Jesus was cornered by the Pharisees, he would say something that would just make them all go crazy. He would say the exact right thing at the exact right time that would just never let, he was just so good at dodging, right? He's like Floyd Mayweather, like, right? He's just so good at not getting hit. And you're, they're swinging as hard as they can. He's just ducking and diving and can't even hit him. He's just missing. He's got, you know, but that's the wisdom of, of the word of wisdom to know what to say at the right place. And at the right time, we see it we see it with Paul. We see it with Peter. We see it with Stephen, right? These guys were, they're in really rough situations. And they know the exact right thing to say at the exact right time. Um, and that, that gets it off of them and puts it back on him. We see uh, biblical precedent for this. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12, Jesus speaking. He says, now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what. You should answer or what you should say for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. This is supernatural wisdom from above. 
In James, we're told to pray for wisdom, right? And to seek wisdom and that God will, will give it to us when we ask for it. This is supernatural. And so if God puts you in a position where your back is against the wall and, and it's closing in from all sides and, and you're glorifying him, he can give you a word of wisdom that will cut right through the middle of it all, right? Third, really good example of it was when Paul was before the Sanhedrin and he brings up the resurrection of the dead, that the dead rise. And remember who was in that group? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they'd all come together to deal with him. But what, what, what were they, what was their issue? What did the Sadducees not believe in? The resurrection from the dead. And what did the Pharisees, they did believe in it. So Paul says a little fitting word and they destroy, go after each other. <laughs> and the Pharisees are like, actually, this guy kind of makes sense sometimes, you know, like some of the stuff he says is good. And the Sadducees are like, no. And they're, you know, so he said a word that kind of cut right through the middle of them all. And it was to the glory of God to another word of knowledge through the same spirit. The word of knowledge is a fitting word that is specific and has knowledge that could really only come from God or some outside of time. If it's a true word of knowledge come from God. Uh, you think about like the woman at the well, right? When Jesus meets the woman at the well and he says to her, he's like, hey, where's, you know, where's your husband? She's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right. You've had five and the one you're with now is not your husband. And she's like, so you're a prophet, you know? And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm much more than a prophet, you know? And, and reveals to her these things in a good way. Word of knowledge is, um, it's, it is really, uh, can be really convincing and really a blessing to people. I've personally experienced the benefit of a word of knowledge multiple times where God has uh, spoken to me through somebody else about my life in specific instances that they would have no clue about. Matter of fact, one of them was coming here, and maybe some of you have heard that story, but coming here 13 years ago or whatever it was to be the youth pastor for with Roger. And it was because uh, I had all these options out on the table and I was trying to figure it out. And word of knowledge, two separate people that didn't know each other and did not know the circumstances gave me the exact same word that was so insanely fitting. And it led to me being here right now. This is, this is, this is a word of knowledge, seeing it in its proper context, in its a blessing and it is a revealing thing. This can also happen in a setting like this where, where we're teaching and, and where we're learning and growing and, and um, people will come up and this has happened to me where they'll say, how did you know to say that one thing? Or how did you know to look at me at that one point? And I'm like, believe me, I don't know. There is not a master plan here. That's why I had to bring Sherry into this because I'm not good at like master plans. I'm like more of like a, let's just roll with it kind of a guy. Um, so believe me, I didn't research your life and figure out everything about you and know that your dog's name was Fido. And so, uh, I have a feeling there was a Fido in your past, you know, and I don't know, this is not what was happening here. But there's times where you hear something and you go, what was that? That was from the Lord. I know I've experienced that sitting there uh, hearing a message. And then all of a sudden that God takes this message that was for however many people, 3000 people, and he takes it and he narrows it down and he puts it directly on you. And you're like, what is this all about? All of a sudden you feels like the light gets real bright right there on you. And you're just like, you start turning red and you're like, how does he know? And why, what else, 
what's he going to say next? Obviously, he's like, has x-ray vision. He's seeing into my life. What else are you going to say, bring up right now, you know? But that is a word of knowledge where God is speaking through the spirit to you. If you've ever experienced this, you've experienced a word of knowledge. That's a good thing, right? It's a blessing. It's it's like a very uh, good opportunity to know God is real. He is who he said he is. And this is good. So, um, you can be used by that. You know, what's funny is, is sometimes you'll be going on a, on a track of like, okay, here's the text and the way this practically works out because I've experienced this where people have said, yeah, that was, that was from the Lord and that was for me and that convicted me. And the way it works out is it just happens. <laughs> like you're just going and cause you're praying and you're like, God help me to say what you want me to say. And then all of a sudden you go and you're like, this is an important thing to say. Just say it. And you say it. And all of a sudden you're like, you literally can sit back and go, that was pretty good. Like, what, what was, that was better than me. That's the Holy Spirit working in a word of knowledge situation. And the results are really good. So, but it's not an out-of-body experience. It's just like, a, oh, that kind of makes sense. And then you, you kind of find out later how much God used it. And to another, by the, uh, another faith by the same Spirit. Now, faith is something we all need, right? You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, right? And, and something we can all grow in. But there is a supernatural gifting of faith. And that is to accomplish something really gnarly, right? You think about uh, Peter saying, you know, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do, you know, rise, take up your bed and walk. This is... This is something that you don't want to just like practice on with people, right? If people are in a wheelchair, you're like, oh, you know what? I think I could heal them. Why don't you just stand up and start walking, you know? That seems like a good idea, you know? Let's just do it. Let's just, let's just see what happens. Or let me see if I could get enough faith for this thing. This is a supernatural thing where God gives you the faith to do it. Think about a, a, another instance I think of is uh, Peter, right? Walking on the water. Jesus said, hey, Peter, step out. Walk on the water. And he's like, that's not possible. Although you're doing it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and so he steps out and he makes the steps and the leaps of faith and walks of faith. And he does until he gets his eyes off of Jesus. And he starts being like, how cool is this? I could probably tell my friends about this. I can now walk on water. This would be fun, right? Kind of makes surfing un- unfair, right? You know, if you can run into the wave, skimboarding out there, you know, uh, but that, that would be practical things where God puts something on your heart that's outside of the ordinary that you have a, a measure of faith. Where you go, you know what? I just know I'm supposed to do this and I'm going to believe God to do this. I've seen it happen and it's terrifying actually where people say, you know what? God's speaking to me and I'm just supposed to uh, sell everything and move and go do this. And you're like, oh, oh let's slow down a little. Okay, so what is, what is he saying to you exactly? You know, because you don't want it. It's not like just a whim thing where you're like, yeah, okay, let's just do it, you know. But if God is speaking it to you, he will give you the faith you need and he will take you through and there will be major blessings on the other side. We don't just, the thing is, we don't just speak to these like, they're like principles and these are real things that God can use in our lives. Uh, this goes along with, kind of that faith to another gift, the gifts of healings by the same spirit. It's supernatural, but it comes from an obedient uh, response to God's call. We're called to pray for the sick. We don't always know exactly what that's going to mean. Those of you who've been praying for a long, you've seen miracles happen, I'm sure. 
right? You've seen people healed, but you've also seen people not healed. This is the world we live in. At the same time, if God is calling you to, to do something like that, you need to step out and do it because he works in these ways. To another, the working of miracles. Again, in that same uh, kind of world where God's calling you to do something, to step out and to do something seemingly impossible. If he's telling you to do it, you do it. If he's not, don't manufacture it. Remember, uh, um, there was a, a guy, uh, Simon, the sorcerer, and he's like, I need to figure out how you guys have this power. I got to figure it out. I got to get this, the Holy Spirit. I got to, I want this. I need to see, do what you guys are doing. What's your secret? And they're like, you have no idea what you're even about. You don't get this at all. This is not about us. We don't summon anything, right? You think about like Peter and Paul and they're, you know, like shadows and, and uh, just being, being touched. And, and remember when they touched Jesus' cloak and they were healed and all these crazy supernatural things that were happening. These things still do happen. But I think we miss out and, and a lot of times we can get really messed up when we try to make it into about those things instead of about Jesus. So you'll never get these spiritual gifts by just trying to get the spiritual gifts. It's always about Jesus, and then this stuff comes afterwards. So if you're looking at him, he'll do really cool stuff in your life. And all of a sudden you'll be like, whoa, that was kind of cool. Like God just used me right there. All I, was, I wasn't even trying to do that. Like I was, I was just trying to follow him. Because I remember being a young Christian and being like, I want all these things so I can be legit, like a legit Christian, you know? Like I want to be like the d- disciples and the apostles and the whatever and... Every single time God's used me in any one of these things, it has been without me even knowing it was happening until later. You're just like, okay. There's this man that, we, uh, that I've referenced before that he was just a beautiful example of someone who walked in the spirit and had this ability to speak uh, truth and, and words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And, and he just had his, just a really sensitive spirit and was able to hear from the Lord. He was always a little bit cautious about himself as to if he was the one that was saying it or if it was God. He'd say, I don't know. I might be off here. I mean, might be way off, but here you go. I feel like God's maybe saying this, and, he, and it almost always was. He was one of the words of knowledge, by the way, that brought me here. But he would do that sometimes, and he would, he would just, you'd see me look at you, and you'd be like, oh, uh-oh, he's looking at me. What's he going to say to me? Like, <laughs> this is going to get serious. You know, like he's, he's pointing me out. Like, what did I do? I left, I must've left like, uh, you know, the water on at home or something. He's like, Oh, I see this in your life. No, it was never that stuff. It was always like encouraging. And it always left me in a place where I'd be like, I, I would leave not going, that guy's awesome. I'd leave going, God is awesome, man. He is so good. I can't believe he just spoke to me. I can't believe he just poured that. And, and you're appreciative of the vessel, but the vessel doesn't get the honor and credit. You just go, that's what that looks like. But I, that was from God. Thank you, God. Not, the, not that vessel. It's not about him. It's about God. He's the one that did it. So you look and you glorify him. Very natural way. Does this make sense? I know this is kind of a lot to bring in and um, understand, but I, I'm encouraged by it. I mean, Stoked on it. To another prophecy, and um, Guzik says it like this, prophecy is uh, the telling forth of God's message in a particular situation, always in accord uh, with his word and his current 
work. It can have a predictive sense to it, but it doesn't just mean like you're going to come across some, and it's never with a weird voice, by the way, right? We don't have to have a weird voice. And, and when you feel like God's moving or, or kind of prompting you to say something, you don't have to like go, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Good. You know, and you start bringing it forward like that, that would, that just weirds people out. And I've never experienced that to be the case. Right. Maybe, I don't know, probably not. I'm thinking not. Um, but it's being able to speak words that are really fitting for your individual life in particular situations, moving forward with some good wisdom, right? Prophecy. It can be actually also part of teaching of the word, but being able to speak it into uh, cultural situations that we live in, things that we're dealing with, seeing it for not just face value, but it into worked into a life, the depth of it. So to, to prophecy, to another discerning spirits, what a good gift. We need this one right now, discernment, right? Because it's so easy to get twisted up and mixed up about certain things. Discernment is a big deal to know what spirits are uh, at work, right? And to know not just because somebody says something to you that you want to hear or like to hear that it is actually legit. There's many counterfeits out there. And I think that uh, there's a real demonic presence in that, the counterfeits. To another, different kinds of tongues. Here's a hot button issue, right? The tongues. It's a heavenly language used between man and God when words don't suffice, right? That's kind of like the point is, is when you're, it's like a prayer language between you and God. And in this church, I know some of you do, some of you don't. Even, matter of fact, I don't speak in tongues personally, but my wife does <laughs> when she prays. I've never heard it, but she tells, she says she does. I can believe her. I trust her, you know, no, but she does. And I, and I've known people who do and people who don't. And, uh, it's not something that we see necessarily is going to come to everyone, but it's, it's like when words don't suffice, like when you're, you're praying and, and, and all of a sudden there's, you just don't have the words and then God gives them to you. It's not something where you're like, Oh, Oh, here it comes. You know, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, you know, that's what I was scared of. But it's just like, almost like, groanings and muttering before the Lord of like, God, here's my heart. You, you understand my heart. This is where I'm coming from. And if you've never heard this before, this might be like, this sounds nuts. I don't know what to think about any of this, but it's just that place of desperation of, of maybe where you need hope, or maybe you just need him, or you're going through something, or you're so full of joy. Kids really have this kind of a thing, right? Where they're so excited, they make crazy noises, right? Not to say that this is that, but like the, the words, they're not there or babies. They're definitely not there. They literally don't have words. So the stuff they say, you're like, oh, who knows? And you have like a three-year-old that can translate for them. Well, they were just saying that they don't like avocados on that kind of bread. You know, I had no idea. I didn't know that this child could speak English. You know, I, it didn't seem like it. But, and so. You know, so interpretation, that would be the three-year-olds. They can interpret it. No. Uh, but the idea of speaking in tongues is a prayer language between you and God. So we're going to see that it's not fitting necessarily to happen right now, right here, right now. Because just like it would be really weird for somebody to just stand up and just start praying really loud right now. Wouldn't that be kind of odd? You're like, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, yeah, you're so good. You're, you know, and you're just like, oh, um, Okay. That is true. Good. All right. You know, like, but maybe 
that wasn't exactly when to do that thing, right? And so, but there's a way of saying if there's an interpretation, that's good. It can literally translate what's being said. This happened years ago at uh, the church I was originally from, and I've explained it was like a Sunday night service, really chill, and some guy did speak in tongues, and and uh, all the ushers were ready to take him outside, and and you know, you know take him away in a police car or whatever. You know, I'm just kidding. That's not true. But because they're like, what's going on? And the pastor say, well, hold on is maybe that's from the Lord. And cause it was kind of like in a time of waiting where it could have been fitting. And there was an interpretation and everyone was blessed by it. It was full on this situation right here where someone's speaking and, and God uses it and it edifies the body. But the edification, I mean, the interpretation always needs to edify the body and point people to Jesus. So if it's like any, like, uh, oh, here's the word. It's like, uh, God wants more money for the building program. You know, that's what he spoke in the word. That's not how that works. That's not, that might be a, you know, word of knowledge or something in a different kind of situation, but that's not a speaking in tongues thing. That's praying to God. That's between you and God speaking to him, not in a prophetic manner in the same way. Does that make sense? It, we're trying to like unravel all this stuff and, and kind of get rid of the superstitious, weird kind of whatever. And just realize this is just a relationship with us and God and him using us to minister to others. That's the whole point, right? And to build up his body. But this one is between you and God. This is between me and God. So there's those the different kinds of tongues and then to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one is the same spirit... But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. God is in charge. These are gifts. They are not earned in urns, like you didn't earn them. You know, they're not like rewards even. They're gifts that God allows. And by the way, just because people are gifted doesn't mean that they're mature or they have good character or that they are super I mean, we see that these people are very immature in the Lord, but God has given them gifts and wants to use them in this way. We are responsible, even if there's many people in here that are gifted in these ways, to take what God has given us and to nurture them and cultivate them in a life that is full of character and maturity, that is following Jesus and, and, and understands his heart and his mind and loves him. That is how the church will be most edified, the most built up, is if we're all growing in him and we're so in love with him, these gifts come naturally out of us and it's going straight back to him. And when we see it happen, we don't take any credit because we know exactly who we are and that he's the one that could do it. And no good thing can come from me. It's got to come from him. There's no, there's no way I could speak the truth into you. I don't know it. It comes from him. So to take any credit for that would be weird. Or to be competitive about that would be weird. And that's where we can kind of run into issues. Where some ministries, maybe you're, you're trying to like one-up one another, you know. And you're like, it's like you're getting um, uh, merit badges, right, for Boy Scouts or whatever. And you're like, I got my tongues badge. Oh, yeah? Well, I just got my prophecy badge. Oh, man. How long did it take you to get that? Oh, you know, it took me a little while, you know, but I'm a gifted guy. And, and I, you know, that's just something I've always been able to do. Uh, dude, I'm going to do, you know, what I'm going to try and do next week. I'm going to go for a healing badge. I'm going to give it a shot, you know, see what happens. You know, it's just supernatural, right? And we're, we're called to 
to do a lot of these things practically, but God will give you the ability to do it. I was listening to, I always like listening to David Guzik and, and, uh, he was relaying a story about pastor Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary chapel. I'm sure, you know, um, and him, uh, doing work, being at a conference and he approached a man and, uh, God, it was a man in a wheelchair and God gave him, uh, the word to, uh, ask the man to, to rise and to walk, which is just like, man, do or die, right? <laughs> like this is the big deal, right? And so he comes up to him and he, and he says, he starts praying for him. He says, God wants to heal you. He wants you to rise and walk. The man had come forward for prayer. And so he gets up and, and, uh, literally gets out of the chair and is dancing and is stoked and literally was healed, uh, physically healed. And they said he was coming up to be healed from a cold. <laughs> so, he, you know, he had gotten a little more than he bargained for asking for prayer. By the way, come up and get prayed for. You never know. God could do cool stuff in your life. But he, God had given them this, him the supernatural faith and the supernatural ability of healing. And to see a miracle happen, it was right there. But then well, you better believe what happened the rest of that conference. Everyone was coming forward with every kind of ailment, right? I have a hangnail that's been bugging me forever. Let's, since if you're giving these out for free, I'll just take it, right? You know, like this is swag, right? This is part of the conference where God heals everything and we're all good. And, and he said he never got that feeling again, that whole conference that he was supposed to do it. But he had, God had put it on his heart for that specific person to do that thing. What do you say to that? Well, this is God is in charge. We cannot manufacture, we cannot manipulate, we cannot control, we cannot box in, he will do it. We, the best thing we could do is stay sensitive to his spirit, stay close to him, reading, praying, looking for opportunities. This is exciting, right? This is like faith in, and this is like God's inaction through your life using you. I'm a vessel, use me, God, use me, do whatever you want to do. Do cool stuff, and I don't ever want to touch the touch it. I don't ever want to. This is the people that God uses, and we see it again and again through Scripture and through all of history. This church is built on miracles. Again, and you have no idea, like all the things that God has done in this church, little church here, Calvary Carlsbad, throughout all the years. But that is the best thing we can do: just keep on seeking Him, keep looking to Him. If you're doing that and God's using you to minister that, it's going to be, here's the good news. If everyone's doing it together, this is why we want to keep everyone accountable to each other and help each other. If everyone's doing it, we will all benefit, (laughs) right? Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, praying for healing, praying for uh, guidance, direction, you know, miracles. As we all grow in that together, God naturally starts doing amazing work of the Spirit. Ladies, what's the book you just went through? Forgotten God, right? About the Holy Spirit wanting to be active and moving. This is, this is it. This is how it works. Seek Him and say, God, whatever you want to do. I see all these gifts, and I know you can do whatever you want to do. I know I'm just a piece of the puzzle, but I'd love to be a part of it. <laughs> Not for my glory, but for your glory. For the better of those around me. Not for me, but for the, them. Not so I can be something, because I that this doesn't make me something. And if I think it makes me something, it actually sets me back. 
But help me, Lord, to, to do what you've called me to do and to honor this body of believers. I mean, I just sit out here. I'm just one of my favorite things about this church is we sit out there at brunch and it's just family, man. Like I, I could sit at any table. It's like, I can't never know where, even where to sit. You know, it's like I want to sit with everyone. Let's just get next time. Let's just do a giant table, you know, where we put them all together and we can all sit there. I just like because I and so I try to like, take turns sitting different because I just like want to be with everyone. It's such a beautiful thing. How much great we just can bless each other as a church family growing in these things and being used to edify, to build up, to make us a super buff church, right? But it all starts with seeking him. The whole point of, of Easter, the whole point of, of Jesus even being born was to restore fellowship with the Father and us to be able to have a relationship with God. And Jesus did that. So that we would never have to be alone. That he'd never leave us or forsake us. We would have this intimate relationship with him. Where we're constantly going to him. Communicating and and sharing where we're at. And then listening to him. And reading his word. And letting him just change us from the inside out. And now we see when that happens. God does a really cool thing in us. And we get to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We no longer have to just look at selfish me. It's me, 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 me. We can look at like the body and the church and, and then see how that reaches out into a community. That's the cool thing. This, these things right here, have you ever prayed for those neighborhoods before? Those of you who've done it? No, probably not. I haven't. Do you even know they exist? I was looking at all the streets and I'm like, there's a lot of streets in Carl. Because I'm breaking them all up. I'm like, ah, this is a lot. There's a lot of people that live here. 5,000 homes is a lot of homes. But you get to be a part of that. You get to see people where they're at, love on them where they're at, and it's no longer about you anymore. But it all starts with him, relationship with him, and it ends with him. If, it's not just, oh, I got saved. Okay, now I'm going to go after the gifts. No, you go after him, the gifts come. Do you seek him? Yeah, sure, it's good in the sense of, God, yeah, I want whatever you have for me. I don't want to miss out on anything. But it's, it's all a part of seeking him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be granted to you. This is, this is what it all comes down to. Seek him. Go after him. Be ready, though. Let him move in you and ask God, move in me. Use me. Work in me. Help me to be a vessel for you. To speak truth. To, to say, give me a word of knowledge for this person that might touch them and let them see. You know what? Where did you get that from? That... God must be real. Help me have a word of wisdom to intervene in the situation I need to intervene in. Give me the a healing to pray for someone and see them healed and to glorify you in the process. Lord, give me these opportunities to speak in tongues and to further my language. Bring me in a place of prayer that's so deep that I need that. It's all about growing in him, being... Uh, used we only have so many years here we only have so much time here and god uses us while we're here so let's pray for that lord we we just want to lift uh lay i guess lay our lives down before you god and trust you with them and again remember uh, 